I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte, and you're with Stan, Rowe, and Raph on the SGP podcast. Woo! Are you ready? Marks and Smarks. This is the Smarky Las Filipinas podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. Stan C. and Raf Camus keeping you company for the next hour and change. No Romaran this week. He is actually in Hanoi this week. For the Romeo Moran World Tour. Or Southeast Asian Tour. Wait a minute. Yeah, because that's what he did uh, last December and what he's pretty much doing right now as well. So in the meantime, it's just me and Camus. And well, right now, I'm actually staring at a pad of green slips. For those of you who went to Savior, these things are... The bane of your existence. Yep. You never wanted to receive this. And if you never went to Savior, it basically means if you get it, you get to detention. So it's either you get one hour detention where you just stand at the corridor as everyone else gets to go home like an hour earlier than you. Or if you have three hours to serve, you do that for three hours. Or you report on a Saturday and you sweep the twigs, yung mga branches na nahulog. You rearrange the rocks in the rock garden. Yeah. Or, <laughs> uh, or you fix the chairs and tables and you help the janitors out with their work. Uh, Camus clearly knows how this works because he got a lot of this. I've in got high a few. School. I got a few. Yeah, um, this is entirely foreign to me personally because I never ha- never had one. But uh, since I started teaching at Xavier, it's it's pretty fun being on the other side of the story where I have a I have half a pad right now at my disposal. That's good. That's good. I mean, you you get to play bad cop now. Yeah, even more so than in in ring. Actually, uh, who am I? Who I am in PWR? Somebody actually asked me this on Curious Cat. Like, yeah. uh, what makes you different from other people who have played authority figures? And I, I actually answered that what you see as Mister C is basically me. Uh, when I, when I say I'm a stickler for the rules, that's basically who I am when I'm in the position to enforce a rule. So whether as a, a mod in SGP or uh, the, the the kayfabe GM of PWR, that's pretty much who I am. And as a teacher, even more so because at least the students will really follow uh, follow your lead, diba? Right? Um, more so than say wrestlers in a locker room or uh, people online uh, on a Facebook group. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, my first two weeks so far, and I get to try all these little tactics. And I guess having been a fan of professional wrestling and Survivor, where negotiation skills come in, actually has uh, been advantageous so far. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was sharing these stories with Camus and our guest, who you'll get to hear from in a little bit, how, um, you know, two two weeks in, I've had to display my bad cop side already. Oh, no, man. Because you have to. You have to you have to keep the kids in line before you give them a little bit of leeway to... Because they are the future. ...be friendly. No, because you have to, <laughs> you have to make sure that they don't abuse you and that they don't see you as a pushover. So that's something I learned about classroom management. And for someone with virtually no training in that, it helps loads. Really does. 
All right. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about this week. Our guest, by the way, is a man whose career you may have been interested to follow in since he debuted last March. He is inch for inch the best wrestler in the world. Trian De La Torre will be joining us later on and we'll talk all about the things he does from the wrestling, that career, to, to the, stand-up comedy. To the Oemons. The Oemons. Uh, his bukake. law career. Yeah, the, yeah the, that Bukake. There's a Bukake story in there somewhere. Yes, yes there is. And you might not want to miss out on that. Right now, though, let's talk about Great Balls of Fire because that happened this week. And my biggest takeaway from that show is pretty much the same takeaway Roe would have given if he were here. And that is, if there is political will behind compelling storytelling, it will happen. Because that's what we bitch about a lot on this podcast. Yeah, and especially when it comes to Raw. Because so much of Raw feels like you're just running in circles. But Great Balls of Fire was not hard to watch, was entertaining, and had so many good points for a show that was named after an Elvis song. It was not an Elvis song. It's a was Jerry it? Lee Lewis song. And it but didn't... He didn't have a version. The song predates Elvis. Okay. Because Elvis was like late 50s to the 60s. This is from 1957. Mm. So yeah. Uh, Great Balls of Fire was great. I always thought it was an Elvis song. My favorite match was yeah. the Iron Man match. Uh, the Iron was, Man tag team match. That was grade oh A God. storytelling from basically the opening bell. Oh, ang ganda. All the way down to the wire. I, towards the end, it kind of felt like all night long. Kina, uh, oh. Mac and Johnny Mundo from oh. Lucha Underground. But I could kind of let it slide because the way that they built this story was pretty good. It was really, really solid. And especially that that last five minutes. Yeah, yeah. That last five minutes was gripping the way that All Night Long is gripping. And then parang you're just like, okay, kaya pa nila, kaya pa nila. Okay, they get that one pinfall. Okay, sige, isa na lang, isa na lang. To tie. Yeah, lalo na nung after the tie. So the last two minutes was like the last two minutes of game seven. That's Uh-oh. pretty much how it felt. Especially since 3-3 siya and the seventh fall would most likely have been the deciding Uh-oh. pinfall, right? And then it happens with just enough time, right? And you're like, can they, can they... Parang 30 seconds ata? 30 seconds somewhere there? And you're just like, ang ganda ng pagkagawa. Yeah, and then, and then Jeff Hardy comes and tries to get that tying uh, eighth pinfall and, and just uh, barely makes it and then, uh, you know, the, the clock runs out before they could get that pinfall and it was just really hilarious and, and uh, gripping as well because at the end of it all, I found myself clapping my hands so great yeah. job right there. There were some matches though that felt like they were throwaway matches like the Seth Bray match which they gave us again on Raw the next night so parang that was a throwaway. And there were other matches and I felt like they were just using it to set up the, the sequel, which is like Sasha Alexa. Alexa. Yeah, the women's match. The women's match, for all it was worth, was okay. But then the shades that they, they gave Sasha from that match, I like that. Especially the post-match beatdown. Yeah, yeah. If we're getting heel Sasha again... No, we're not getting heel Sasha again. She's, she's way more compelling as a baby yeah. face at this point than Bailey. Has been so. I think nah, the only logical way this goes is they continue to SummerSlam. Yeah, no, it's just one of those. You see the shades. You see the shades now, and then they'll reference it in videos down the line. Apparently, she is capable of doing that. Right, right. Genon. And then that main event. Yeah, we we have to talk about that. Oh, main let's event. talk about let's talk about that main event because there was a lot going for Samoa Joe in this match and he looks like a million bucks even in the loss even in the loss my biggest fear was that especially given the amount of time remaining normally we are still conscious of the running time of the pay-per-view mm-hmm. this one went over three hours and yet it didn't feel like they were going to shortchange us and make Joe look like a chump the way that Brock looked like a chump against That's Goldberg super. at Survivor Series or the way that Cena looked like a chump against Brock yeah the first time, time. at the first, first time, time. Yeah. right right um, that didn't happen and 
I don't know what it was that made them decide that Joe was not going to look like a jabroni, but I'm glad that they did it this way because what they said on Raw the next night was true. Brock did not win and conquer against uh, conquer Samoa Joe. He survived Joe. Yeah. That and, was it. And it's it's a very MMA, you know, M- MMA narrative Now you might have won, but you left beaten, bruised, and looking vulnerable. And it happens so much in the MMA world Now, for it to translate here in WWE, coming from a match that was very hard-hitting, na parang tibay nila to pull off that type of a match, I had to say na, okay, I see where they're going with this. What I like about this is that it sets up Joe to continue being a threat, a looming threat, regardless of who holds the title. And I think na even though he and Roman have this number one contenders match next week on Raw, I think it somehow devolves into a four-way feud with Strowman being the fourth guy. And I think it makes once, sense. Once he once he recovers from attempted murder, it will be next week. Fucking hell! It will be next week. So <laughs> I, I really look forward to a fatal four way at SummerSlam. I think that's if, the best that, scenario okay. for for fans like you and me. But um, going back to Roman now, we yeah. got to talk about that ambulance match as well. Because, because holy shit, you're right. It holy was attempted shit. murder to a degree. Okay, the part, Okay, let's let's throw away let's throw away the fact that okay probably. The the ambulance was rigged. The ambulance was rigged. We have that. The whole Jaws of Life narrative that Michael Cole was playing up was very forced. But putang ina, you ram, you throw the guy into the back of a truck. Okay, fine. But you run him backwards, full reverse, full speed into another truck, and you crumple the car that way. Putang ina mo, that's murder, man. That's attempted homicide. It was great. It was great. It was glorious. I loved how. Um, I loved how Reigns just doubled down on being the heel there. Same kupal dun eh. Then, no, 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 this is this is another level of kupal eh. This and, is and, something we haven't seen since Rikishi. And Braun Strowman comes out <laughs> looking like a baby face, even though he's still booked as a heel because he, uh, this is the clincher for that argument. Yeah, Strowman does his best to walk out on his own power. Oh, that's a baby face move. It's a baby face move. Bloodied, battered. You don't know if his legs are broken. You don't know if. What what situation he's in? Ang ganda. Really, in kulang na lang is the official turn. Eh. Because for all intents and purposes, for the thinking fan, Strowman is the babyface, and Roman is the heel. Was this a legit double turn? I wouldn't say. So. I wouldn't not, say so. Not not so. Not I wouldn't say so. But then, if they solidified it, it could have been. Eh. Yeah, it could have been. Um, ang ganda. Eh. And it, it's funny that uh, like the, the turn is manifesting itself in uh, in some, in some fashion, fashion. Yeah. even even though it's not official, and you know Roman is still being booked as uh, as a babyface and yeah. and uh, Braun being the heel. Now, when Roman in real life is one of the disciplinarians now, yeah, as as uh, oh shit, as um, our report. Yeah, there's um, a report that came in today. Yeah, there are rumors online that uh, there is heat on Enzo and Big Cass, and that uh, was it. Enzo who was. Enzo was thrown off the bus by and, Roman, and he's being ostracized by the locker room. So is Big Cass, and, and Big Cass. That, that's because of his uh, political leanings towards Trump. Especially in a situation right now where Donald Trump Jr. is really showing that there was collusion between Wait, him. Is there a Trump? Ju- Sorry, I, I have no. There's idea. Trump. There Jr. is a Trump, a Trump Jr. Jr. Okay, there I thought you were Jr. referring to Jared Kushner. No. No, there's Jared no, Kushner has a, has a lot on his plate. Yes, he's he tasked does. with finding peace in the Middle East. Yeah, but no, 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 man, this is this is Trump Jr., man. 
All right, right. It's messed up. It's messed up all over. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but something that isn't messed up though is Sami Zayn. Ah, my boy, my boy. He's talking okay. about your boy. Okay. He he celebrated his birthday yesterday, coinciding with Brock Lesnar, who he shares a birthday with. Yep. Right. And what Sami did to celebrate his birthday is to launch hashtag Sami for Syria. Nah. Okay. Right now, right now he is he is raising funds for. For food, non-food, medical services, and a lot more than that with the mobile medical units in Syria right now. So, right as of as of recording... Hold on, I'm going to have to cut you off right there. If you hear the thunder. rumbling in the background, that is the thunder. That is legit thunder in the background. So, uh, excuse us. You know, you know how it is, yeah. uh, given the seasons. Yeah. So, right now, Sammy's, Sammy's mobile cause... Is actually at nineteen thousand six hundred seventy-four dollars and twenty-one cents, and I'm gonna make a donation within the week once I once I get to my Amex account. Wait, Lang, we have to explain first why he's doing this. Because Sami is part Syrian, he is Syrian Canadian, and it is a cause that's been close to his heart for a while. Now, if you follow him on Twitter, you'd notice that he's very political, he's very anti-Trump, and he's very he's trying to be a humanitarian and it's a great cause that you can get behind nah, just because he's doing what any human could do right so there's actually an org uh, I, I think the acronym is SAMS SAMS Foundation SAMS Foundation yeah the SAMS Foundation I'm trying to trying to load what it stands for again because I watched the video earlier uh, the yeah. video is actually going to play in a bit um, SAMS is the Syrian American Medical Society, Society Foundation, Foundation. So yeah, so it's non non political, non religious, and non profit. And yeah, Sami Zayn trying to do his part to help the people who are affected by uh, the war in Syria, specifically the PWDs, the elderly, the children, yeah, the women. Because Syria is still messed up, like as a war zone, uh, on a local level. Marawi, you know, we we feel for Marawi and the martial law situation that's going on with them, and the whole ISIS. But the thing is. ISIS in Syria has been there for about three years now. And with the U.S. not taking refugees for a while, and especially with Donald Trump outrightly saying there is a Muslim ban here, it's kind of hard for a guy like Sami. And he's been doing it. He's been advocating for this subtly. You know, if you've noticed his gear change, there's a bit of it there. And, well, on Twitter, he's incredibly vocal. So Sami Zayn... Hearts out to you. I'm gonna make a donation tonight. If you can, you can find it on his Twitter as well. It's one of his top, his what's his, his pin post there. What I love about this is normally uh, celebrities they uh, n- not everyone can be you know non shallow, and this is one of the ways that Sami Zayn uses his celebrity, his influence, his clout to actually make an impact, make a positive one at that, and make a difference. So I'm really proud of Sami Zayn for doing this, and it makes me even more happy as a fan. To see him go out of his way to actually uh, change the world for the better. That's my boy. All right. Now, that's my boy. Moving on to the other things we got to talk about this week. Uh, let, let's, let's shift to the negative this time and uh, oh talk boy. about Alberto El Patron, who Ooh, has been suspended shit. by Global Force Wrestling after reports have come out. Now, uh, he was in an altercation with a woman at the airport, uh, which may or may not have been Paige. Turns out it was Paige. Yes. And uh, there were allegations of uh, physical abuse, a lot of shouting, um, some 
some not very nice things being Reset. said about about Paige's uncle who, uh, who is, who's dying at the yeah. moment. Or in stroke, very, very, very bad yeah. shape. Bad shape. Yeah. So uh, there's been a Facebook post from her brother. From her brother. Yeah. Who has been seeking help for her for Paige? Yes, saying that she's been abused both uh, physically and, and mentally, mentally and emotionally and all of that. And, and then Paige herself came out with a statement on Twitter saying that uh, there was a woman who was videoing everything and just using it for profit and just trying to feed off, off of uh, their celebrity status. Yeah. She clarifies that, yes, there was an altercation, but it was uh, all in the heat of the moment that she did throw a beer in Alberto's face, which is why he smelled like beer, but that Shit. both of them just said things that were out of control. So... Um, like like they're in the process of working things out, all of that. So that when uh, when Alberto did yell, "Now I'm gonna press charges," he was yelling down at Paige, but it was because they were hurling all these hurtful things at one another. And these are red flags. These are red flags galore. Nah, she's trying to cover up for him. She's she's explaining his situation. It's not healthy at all. But what scares me as well, like just from a manage management perspective for impact impact global force wrestling whatever Paige is a WWE superstar no, 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 she's no, still under contract no, I'm talking about I'm talking about Patron okay Alberto has not been stripped of his titles well it's kind of weird when you consider the fact that there's a month of shows in the can yeah so uh, you know for the next month he will be champion and as champion he'll be in a significant uh, role and significant limelight. amount he's in the limelight Amount of time in the yeah. episode, so I don't think it's in their best interest to suspend him, uh, to strip him for the championship right now. I think suspension is the most they can do, really. But when you think about it, like the companies that are involved, how how involved do these companies really have to be when it comes to the personal lives of their of their superstars? Because t- take yeah. note, nah, they're not even employees; they're independent they're contractors that serve as talents. Yeah. So, how far really is the obligation of the company? To to con to well, it's, it's it's at this point this is not this is not one of those situations that oh it's a sex scandal that got leaked this is this is harassment this is harassment in public here's the thing with this with a situation like this um, it, it it's not cut and dry it is never cut and dry nah you know the the, the company has to intervene but. Uh, you know, there are questions about moral obligation. There are questions about human obligation. Like as a yeah, human being, as a human being, what are you supposed to do, right? You have all of these questions uh, that you're asking as a situation like this unfolds. And I think uh, the best way to put it is the same way that David Shoemaker did on the Mass Man podcast this week, and it's that take a look at it from the standpoint of a human being. Like as a human being, how are we going to respond when you see something like this unfold? It no longer becomes a question of what is the company's obligation, but more of as a human being, um, shouldn't you help? Shouldn't you do something? But it it gets very, very muddy when you consider na private lives are different. This is their their future lives together. No, this is their life together right now. This is their business. And and there are some people who would rather be like, you know what, this is not not my business, not not my concern. I'd rather not uh, get involved because... Uh, why should I? Why am I? In, uh, who, what made who me are so you entitled to, yeah, who are to step you to in? Right. So it, it's really magulo, and I don't know how. I, I don't know how this plays out. Obviously, I don't know how, how uh, best to resolve it. It's really a lot of uh, a, a big, big bag of doo doo. Anyway, 
Um, let, let's switch gears then and talk about SmackDown. SmackDown yeah. this week was a lot of fun, as usual. Always Ooh, a better show. Always good. Um, probably the only thing I didn't like is the fact that Shinsuke Nakamura and Baron Corbin were built to have this match. Then you know it, it just it evolved yeah. into fisticuffs, leading to the match at Battleground, which and I can live with. Which I can live with as an interim feud because Baron gets him at Baron gets him at Money in the Bank at the start. It's it's something that you saw coming, but I didn't think it would happen this soon. What I don't like about SmackDown right now is number one, Battleground, uh, as as uh, Nitpick Rick of Smart mm-hmm. Henry points out, is very xenophobic. Mm. Think about it. It's xenophobic because number one, uh, Randy Orton goes after a foreign heel in Jinder Mahal, yeah. who people openly chant USA to root against him. Yep. Number two, you have Rusev versus Cena in a fucking flag match. Yep, and that's let's about take a gander at how that turns out. End, yeah. So it's very xenophobic to begin with. And then you have Baron Corbin against Shinsuke. I have no problem with Baron Corbin versus Nakamura. Yeah. But like another problem I have at SmackDown is not just the xenophobia that they're encouraging, but number two, the WWE title plays second fiddle to the US title in terms of excitement. Ooh. Because mm. AJ Styles won the United States Championship over the weekend at a house, at a house show, show in Madison Square Garden. Which isn't really that... Okay. The MSG house shows are tend to be a bigger deal than we make them out to be. Yes, and I think that a title change at a house show, rare as it may be, does also send a positive message. Nah, literally anything, anything can, can happen, happen at a WWE event, and they say this all the time at, at any wrestling event. Like, remember when the Undertaker showed up at some random live event? Yeah, right. And then people lost their shits. Or Chris Jericho went on that one stretch some two years ago where he would only show up at live events, yeah. but not on TV. And then he just like him just showing up to Singapore this past and all this past. Tour. Yeah, I think it was his way of making up for the 2015 show he missed due to his tough enough uh, obligations. Yeah. Right, so he faced Hideo Itami in Singapore in a great match as, as some people reported, on, reported online. So going back to AJ Styles, there are reports that come out that the reason why they pulled the title switch is so people could talk about the fact that two of the best wrestlers in the world, the last two leaders of the Bullet Club, are both U.S. champions. Which is which is interesting. Which is interesting in a global sense. Right? Yeah, and and people have started making these comparisons. People thinking about the dream match, now AJ versus Kenny Omega, U.S. champion versus U.S. champion. And to me, this makes me think of two years ago when Daniel Bryan was Intercontinental champion and Nakamura was NJPW champion. No Intercontinental. Intercontinental. Champion. No, NJP Intercon. No, IWGP Intercontinental champion. Right. It was yeah. IC champion. He was IC still champ. in NJPW. There were posters that fans made, and people were just drooling. I at remember the that. I remember that. No, and now I'm, we're here. And now we're here, where he's the general manager and never gonna wrestle again. No, I, I was referring to AJ and Omega, both <laughs> the US champions, and yeah. The same, yeah. the same, the same level conversations, of the same interest being brought in by this change. Now, I'm not really salty about the fact that KO lost his title at a match in a match I'll never see. Yeah, I don't oh, really probably mind. never see. Yeah, I, I don't really mind to be honest. And I, uh, what, what, what makes this interesting for me is the fact that the U.S. title picture has such a premium on it. The no. fact that AJ has the championship, Kevin Owens is in the picture. For like a hot second, John Cena was in the picture. Yeah. Compare that to the WWE Championship, which has been stagnant as a title picture at the moment. Now, I, I know they're just trying to have this big blow-off for the Orton-Jinder-Mahal feud, but really, I've lost interest in it already. Well, we've lost interest, but one of WWE's biggest demographics in India is growing by the, by the minute. 
and that and that's something that going back to my global perspective when you see wrestling as a worldwide phenomenon and not just us watching the product you have to understand that the marketing needs for WWE have expanded and have changed and even though it looks stagnant to us for them they're on the edge of their seats that's why they're throwing us the bone with AJ and KO right so i i, I don't know i just wish that the same amount of interest and hype being uh, given that the U.S. title picture is what we'd see with the WWE title picture, because it it should be the bigger it title. should be the bigger title, admittedly. But then right now, I think WWE as a worldwide product is in a unique situation where they can pull shit like this. Eh? But they it's can... also weird uh, when you think about the fact that Jinder is basically a babyface for India and India and uh, you know people from India yes. all around the world. Yeah. Whereas in the U.S. he's a heel. It's basically the Bret, Hart, the Bret gimmick, Hart gimmick, yeah. Which is reeking of xenophobia for one, and two, it's it it should be it should be archaic at this point. It should be, but it should be well well past this. Oh wait, speaking of while we're talking about xenophobia, have you seen the battleground promotional material? Yes, the the one with the colored the colored schemes and all of the logos on the faces. Yes, there's that version, but they came out with a. U.S. flag one. Yeah, the logo is actually half U.S. flag, half Indian flag. Which is why I'm just like, God damn it, what is going on with this, man? It's very weird because for all of the talk we've had about political will and how if the WWE can somehow make a pay-per-view named after a Jerry Lee Lewis song, which is also also a joke about testicles, to make it it such a kick-ass pay-per-view that we'd be so hyped talking about it today, then why can't we have a pay-per-view where it doesn't have to revolve around the concept of nationalism? Especially when you consider na WWE's audience, pro-wrestling as an industry, is globalizing every day. Exactly. And you don't need this Bulgaria via Russia versus America feuds anymore. Yeah. We don't need this. It doesn't need to this. be about that. Right, right. We, sh- we should be done with this, really. But we're not. And I don't think it ever truly will be. It's always going to be there as a as a crutch that they can go back to. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That is a great... That That's actually a great way to call it. It's a crutch in the same way that, uh, you know, we have verbal crutches like, uh, you know, parang, like, you know, all of that. It, these are the words that we always go back to whenever our mouths are moving faster than our brains. And at the same time, it seems like that's the case for WWE na they book themselves into a corner where they're forced to just milk the xenophobia angle because... Either they just know that that's what's gonna sell, or it's it's, it's a something tried that will get tested yeah. formula. It's something that will always get a reaction with their audiences, with their core demographics. And at the end of the day, it's easy. Just call Rusev. It's also just very unfortunate because Rusev deserves way better. Oh, he does. I he mean, does. I, I miss Rusev, but you know, he just deserves way better. He he deserves to be a man that is not tied to a nation. Yes, I agree. Once you once you look at him as one of the best wrestlers, like just pure wrestlers out there. And a bruiser at that. He could be so much more. Yeah, Sayonam, because he gets shackled. You know, that's how I feel. Like, he, he does get shackled. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, last couple of things I want to talk about regarding SmackDown before we get to our interview with Trian De La Torre. Ooh, for I've, one, and I've got one thing about NXT. Yeah, yeah, that, that, we're, yeah. we're going to save that for a pick of the week. Okay. Uh, SmackDown, I enjoy the Sami Zayn storyline right now because the <laughs> Mike and Maria Canellis interactions have been very it's fun. It's so good. I it's love so how Chad Gable, G- uh, Chad Gable goes, oh, Sammy Wow Wow? Yeah, that's what we call him in there. <laughs> yeah. Right? It, it, it's such a throwaway line. 
And yet, it's so personality, good. Lalo si Chad Gable. And, it's so good. And I like how Maria and Mike... Uh, Ro had this hot take about yeah. Mike Canellas being the manager to Maria, the fighter. Yes. And Sammy actually references this point blank. He asks if that's the case of the nature of their relationship. <laughs> and it offends them to the point that Mike smashes a, a, a vase yes. over yeah. Sammy's head. So, I love it. I love where this is going. And I love I love that it's such a throwback to their history together. Both of them were in ROH together. So they but did they have a feud? Not really. Not really. Not with Generico. Okay. It's just they, they were there. They were down there together for a while. So, I think they crossed paths at some point. But the kingdom never really had much beef with Generico. Another segment I enjoyed was the Texas Ranger edition of the Fashion Yay. Files. Shit. Again, really, really good. And I like how uh, Zack Ryder and Mojo Rawley were somehow incorporated in it. And you know, they were just... They uh, find ways. Yeah, they, they find found ways. ways to maximize everybody on that roster. So that was really fun to watch. And I, even I am wondering what happened to Fandango's horse. <laughs> Last bit before we move on. Yeah. I want to go back to Chad Gable. Because... I love how Gable has been getting a bit of a rub as an individual with yes. his interactions with AJ Styles and this week Sami Zayn and, and uh, sorry um, Maria Canellis, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, you have this this uh, and, and yet at the same time you know that he's part of a tag team, he's part of American Alpha. The reason I bring this up is because when I was watch when I started getting into wrestling sometime in two thousand three two thousand four, yeah, uh, there there were still a good amount, a good number of tag teams on both Raw and SmackDown, Mm-mm. and like they were packaged as a team. And yet, when it, it was also not uncommon to see them alone, yeah. separated from their partner. Uh, and I don't know, it just brings me back to those days of the original brand extension. Yes. And you feel that the tag teams had an identity as both singles guys and tag team guys. What do I mean by this? Normally, because when you're in a tag team, you're never alone. You're, you're always together and you're... Tag team partners on your side, yeah, or is in your corner at ringside, right? or or in in, in segments together, yeah. So, uh, for example, the revival, yes. Dawson has never been without Dash, yeah. Gallows has never been without Anderson, right? Well, never, never, never. Not since not, not in WWE. WWE. Not WWE. Jimmy has never been without Jay. Then again, who cares? Because they look alike. <laughs> They're twins, right? Uh, since they've been together, the New Day has been rarely uh, put on their own, yeah, right. So I kind of like where they're going with this thing with Chad Gable because it reminds us that even though he's not with Jason Jordan for whatever reason, Chad Gable can still make himself relevant on TV. And that's how he started. That's yes, how he started. Yes, that, that that he is. was the towel guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the towel guy. Looking for a partner. Looking for a partner, right? So, so, yeah, no, no, no. Jordan was looking for the partner. Gable was auditioning. Yes, yes, yes. He was pitching. He was pitching. Yeah. So speaking of Jordan, um, okay, this is the last one. Uh, we got to talk about Kurt Angle. Because uh, because there is that angle, there is that angle of this the angle. illegitimate child, right? This illegitimate uh. angle, and um, rumor has it it could be Jason Jordan. I just think that this is going to be so, so so messy, and because if this if this turns out to be because we saw it on the internet before, we've seen this before with the Charmel storyline. Yes, we've also seen this before in TNA with the Karen yeah, angle and Jeff Jarrett storyline. It's. It's weird. I just think that for all that Kurt Angle's been through, it, it's just unfair to subject him to something like this again. To, so, to something this stupid. Yes. It is absolutely idiotic for me. And I, I, I'm just upset Nah, Kurt Angle has to go through a storyline like this. And again. Again. This late into his career. Yeah. Yan, yan, yan. 
I don't care if this leads to the match at SummerSlam. I don't care if this means we get to see Kurt Angle back in the ring, ge- ring again. We can write better stories, people. There are better stories out there. Yeah, yes. And the guy, you know, bring up anything. Bring up the Olympic history again. That would be fun. Bring up the medals. Bring up, I don't know, something goofy, but not something this goofy. Yeah, it's, it's again, big bag of doo-doo. We don't need this doo-doo. Right? Uh, yeah. So let's get let's get to let's get to my friend. My friend Our and friend, re- yeah, your client. My my, my regular client. Mr. Trian de la Torre. You've seen him since March when he debuted against Crystal, but there's actually it, it was actually a long road for him to get there, and his story is quite unconventional considering how he was one of the oldest rookies in PWR. Yep. So we'll get And there's so much more to it. So much more to unpack. We talked for almost an hour. Really, really fun uh, interview with Trian de la Torre. Enjoy. Sitting here with a guy who is a man of many hats and a man of many talents. He's not only a wrestler, he is also a musician, a stand-up comedian, and a shoot lawyer. Please welcome to the podcast, the miniature boy, inch for inch, the best wrestler in the world, Trian de la Torre. Thank you, Stan. Thank, thank you, uh, Camus. Camus, Camus. It's, I, it's Camus tonight. Yes, Camus. I am uh, I'm very happy to be here kasi alam ko na kung saan gumagarahe si Camus after magpasada. <laughs> yung yung car barn. Yeah. So finally, so this is where you go. Welcome to the balay. Go to roost. <laughs> Alright, so let's, let's start off with, with your story. Because um, your, your story obviously goes way before you made your debut as Trian de la Torre in PWR. It has to start somewhere. So where does the fandom come from? Uh, actually, uh, I'm a bit of a late bloomer when it comes to being a fan. Because uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I grew up in a d- very devout, uh, born-again Christian family. Oh, wow. So my mom didn't let us watch wrestling when we were kids. Parang, but every now and then, uh, because, of my, because one of our maids, I think, was into wrestling, uh, I managed to see, uh, I think, Ultimate Warrior versus Hogan okay. on IBC 13. IBC 13 by yun, uh, yeah, but after that, uh, parang it there was a lull, malaking lull. Tapos, I I rediscovered wrestling na lang, uh, and really the fandom really caught on with me uh, around late grade school. Uh, I think I was uh, twelve years old. Like, give me a year. Give me a, a ninety nine, which was the height of the attitude era. Yes. <laughs> so, which was perfect. And then, uh, yeah, I kept watching yung mga Star World Chinese Chinese. Uh, Commentary WWE broadcast with Robin, yung E. Ersan counting, which you guys obviously know how to do. You understand it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then that was it. I mean, after that, uh, I got I got bit, bitten by the bug. Uh, couldn't uh, get enough of it. So, who were your early favorites? Like, who were the ones you latched onto, the ones you identified yeah. with, and the ones who really just made you go, okay, this really needs to be a habit for me? All right. Uh, when I when uh, dur- during that point, no, obviously everyone was into DX. Yes. Uh, in particular, I think uh, I had a uh, X Pac as a special place in my heart for some reason. But that's fine. That's fine. I yeah, mean, X Pac was over with our yeah, generation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Even, he was the underdog. He had very cool moves, all those kicks, Bronco Buster, <laughs> uh, and uh, pero like for that uh, for that group of you know, wrestlers, uh, eventually I. Uh, and I ended up uh, liking Benoit, Eddie, and Jericho the most, I guess. Mm-hmm. Especially Benoit and Eddie, they had the underdog thing working out for them. I mean, 
galing from the other company. Then they were undersized. They were very vanilla when they arrived. Then come, uh, I think, Ruthless Aggression era. Uh-huh. Those guys had reigns. WrestleMania 20 is and always will be the WrestleMania for me. Aww. I mean, sorry, Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel the same way. Uh, if there was one WrestleMania I could point to as my favorite, it, it would always be 20. Not even 30? No, no, it, it's, it's 20 for me. That was my first. I don't, I don't know about you. Like, that was my first Mania. Oh, man. Yeah. So, okay. So, you have, you have a fandom that pretty much did not, uh, did not end, did not have any lulls since that, that period in 1999. Uh, but what made you decide to, to get inside the ring? Because I know that you've been attending PWR shows yeah. way yeah. before you entered boot camp. So, um, how did this all come together for you? All right. Uh, actually, I've had lulls, uh, especially when I entered law school. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I entered law school, uh, special, uh, and then I had to take the bar... So every now and then I would have like a year off, uh, especially uh, at that point Torrent wasn't that move Torrent. Lapang network no, lapang network no, so it was really hard to catch episodes, especially nung natinanggal ni Jack TV yung broadcast. Oh. Ah, that's so, yeah, that lull. And then not everyone had DSL back then, so it was really hard to catch up. So I had lulls every now and then, but then uh, Red Oliero, uh, Redrick Mahaba, is a. Uh, it's okay. It's a shoot. I've known the guy for almost 10 years. I think 10 years na hmm. So we were doing stand-up comedy together and we were really, we were, I think we were the biggest wrestling fans in that group. Uh, tapos sobrang nerdox namin sa wrestling. Uh, back then, we were into Japanese wrestling even before, before everybody else called thing. on. Yeah. Like, uh, back then, we were into Noah. <laughs> so, That's fine. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I came back after my uh-huh. lull, I found out that Noah's almost dead. That was it's NJPW that's that's kicking. that's kicking right yeah. now. So parang, that was how long I was out. Anyway, Red and I uh, we've been friends for a long time. And then uh, when he caught wind of PWR, uh, he told me about it. Tapos sabi niya, hey, I'm gonna check this out. Pero you know, uh, you, you might be able to, you know, uh, at least find a way to be to get involved. Because he and I we uh, we like the movie Ready to Rumble. <laughs> You actually like it, like well, what for kicks, for kicks, for kicks, oh, okay. for kicks. Yeah, it's good for shits and giggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it has a purpose. So we were like those guys, na parang oh, lifelong fans, na oh, tapos ito na wrestling promotion. Maybe we can find a way to wiggle ourselves in. Yeah, to be with the Jimmy King of that promotion. Yeah, with the Jimmy King of that promotion. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, I did not expect this at all. <laughs> so he invited invited me to watch the first uh, Revo X. At MCS, that was my first PWR event. Oh, so you were there? Yeah, he was. I was there, yeah, man. Was there. So I actually thought it was another MCS show that you first came. No, that was my that first. Was your first. No, that okay. was my first. And then, uh, yeah, then Red told me I saw Red young boying, and then he told me he was, uh, I think, doing commentary as well as young boying and training. So yeah, that was eventually he told me that yeah, just uh, come to the shows because I might debut soon. Uh, and then when I showed up, I saw he did debut. Tapos after a few months, there was a call for boot camp. Uh, this was um, 2016. Yeah. 16. Uh, no, 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 no. 2015. 2015. 2015. 2015. Yeah, 2015. So he he told me to uh, join boot enter boot camp, but then uh, I wasn't in perfect shape at that point because. I think I had a dengue scare like the week before the, wow. the deadline. Uh. Yeah. And then, yep. kakalipat ko lang ng work dun sa last firm ko. So it was really 
Parang I thought na if I attended bootcamp, baka mamatay na lang ako sa... <laughs> so, uh, health is wealth. So, yeah. um, we, we understand naman na, you know, you really had to make a concerted effort to make sure na you don't jeopardize that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, considering the fact na I never really viewed myself as a as a wrestler if ever I got involved. Like, uh, I think I told I told uh, the trainers during the first, my first day in boot camp, when I finally... When I finally entered boot camp a year later, in 2016, 16, 2016, 2016 I told them that all I really wanted to be was to be a manager <laughs> for maybe Fighters for Hire or Heel Sandata. <laughs> but at that point, sinaktan na nila ako eh. Masakit na yung, masakit na yung katawang ko. So parang hindi na pwede. Might as well. Oh, na ako eh. So mag-wrestle na for real. That's, I didn't expect that I would last uh, until yung... Yung call up. No, 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 making the cuts, the first oh, preliminary yeah, yeah, no, no, no. cuts. No, 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 yeah. Actually, your batch was one of the first ones that did have cuts. No, no. You guys didn't? No, 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 the no, no. batch is everyone who... Everyone just who, leaves. Yeah, yeah, you either drop out on your own or you survive. <laughs> well, almost, I don't think, like, I don't think, ano naman, mataas yung mortality rate naman. I think, Hindi. like, two yung, or three guys. Yung, yung mortality ka, ka, rate ng batch nyo, ilan lang talaga outright. And then there yeah. were a few that ended up just falling off the radar now. Faded. Yes. Away and classify themselves. Anyway, so <laughs> so yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, I wasn't really expecting to get uh, called up to debut because all I really wanted was to be a manager. But you did start out as a ref. Yeah, I did. Or uh, was the refing thing parang like on the way? Because like the path was already there for you to be a wrestler anyway. So like, how, how was it really? Uh, I think around three months into training, uh, the referees. Appro- the senior referees approached me and talked to me and uh, another boot camper. Can I disclose his name? Uh, you can disclose, you can disclose who he is right now. Yeah. Uh, Marky. Of, of the Kakai Marky Bros. of the Kakai Bros. They, yeah. they approached us uh, and asked us if uh, we wanted to referee. Well, of course, I wanted to because at that point, we weren't even sure if we were going to make it right. to the roster. So, so like better at least have a role than no role at all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And refing was fun. So... So yeah, uh, I refereed I think two shows. Yeah, two shows. Two, Bagong yuto. Three. No. Technically, Technically three. three. Technically, Technically three. Technically three shows. Bagong yuto. Uh, All of them this Gold and Mainit. Mainit. Where I debuted. Yeah, and uh, at that point, uh, before Mainit, like I was really expecting that uh, I would be refereeing for the rest of the year. So I was just getting the hang of it. I was starting to enjoy it. But then uh, I got a call. <laughs> Let's talk about the refereeing bit. Because I think from uh, all of the guests we've had from PWR so far, aside from Matt Rojas, you're pretty much the only guy who's really refed uh, multiple shows for PWR. Yeah. So you mentioned that you enjoy it. And other people, when they watch a match, normally the referee isn't even someone they pay attention to. Unless it's such a huge spot where yeah. the referee's involved. So what is it about refereeing that you actually enjoy um, I guess seeing these uh, athletes up close working their magic. Uh, and plus, it was a really big help to me as a as a wrestler because I I saw firsthand how how these wrestlers worked in the ring. So after I think after my first refereeing stint, the week after that, uh, I had my practice match. I think I had like a big bump in confidence when it came to ring work because. I've seen these guys up close. I know. I know how they. This is how they do it. Parang, diba? parang like, parang if they, this is how they do it, I was there and I can probably do it as well. So, 
there are people who uh, probably watch wrestling and think na ay pagre referee madali lang yan. Kind of like in basketball, but like any other sport, you see the referee or the umpire or whatever. Yeah. It's easy to underestimate the referee, especially yeah, they because can do that job. especially because they're the object of the ire of the crowd, right? Yeah, Always. <laughs> in whatever sport. So, um, wh- when you were being taught how to referee, what were the first things that were taught to you in order to do your job well? Primarily, it's uh, you need presence of mind. Uh, because you have to be wary of what the wrestlers are doing, and also and also wary of what the crowd is saying. Because sometimes there are, there are spots that, like the refs get lots lot, a lot of flack for messing up spots. So you have to be wary that the crowd doesn't. If you screw up, that the crowd doesn't see it or doesn't find it too obvious. And another thing was to get out of the way of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really big deal, especially. Uh, I I think I had, I had uh, that I had the match na Redrick Mahaba in AB3, and Redrick Mahaba almost ran me over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I was I didn't know <laughs> na he was gonna go against the ropes, uh-huh. and I was behind him. <laughs> so. Kailangan ng dalawang yun. Oh, mending na ni Redrick Mahaba. So. <laughs> So yon, uh, learn how to get out of the way. Plus, uh, key thing there is, you're the you're the audience's proxy in the ring, pretty much. So if they don't see that you're concerned about the wrestlers, if you don't show that that wrestler is in pain and he needs my attention. my attention, either to call off the match or to start counting, if you don't, the audience doesn't see that you're concerned as a referee. Why would they care? Parang, you know, if uh, if it's that, an additional layer. Yeah, if that guy is on, in a rest in a in a chokehold and the referee is just standing there, <laughs> parang why would the audience feel that the face is in peril? So there's some 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 le- level of acting in there, uh, though major low key lang siya. Yeah. So it's it's more of just adding those nuances yes. to to the match. Now, um, everyone who's ever been backstage, every, everyone who's ever been at Gorilla knows how it feels. Now, right before your 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 cue to come out, diba? That's when the butterflies just kick in, either mm. adrenaline rush or you're yeah. nervous as fuck. But when you're a referee, do you ever feel the nerves before a match or when the show's about to start? Does that happen to you too? Um, the thing is, a good number of times we are just told about the finish, not about <laughs> not what, about what goes on the in entire between. match. <laughs> So there's there's always a part of you that's gonna get surprised. <laughs> so you don't you don't know what's headed your way. So somehow, parang especially with workers who are like uh, as, I, as I've said, uh, I wasn't expecting to almost get run over by red. Yeah. Uh, all I knew was the finish was is this. So things like that. Because uh, if uh, you don't have presence of mind, you might screw up the entire match. Have you ever marked out like just really lost all sense of character and then just. Lost it when you saw something crazy happen. Ah, match yeah, you were I, I had my first match was uh, <laughs> my first match I refereed was supposed to be uh, Tax Saviera versus Bombay. No, 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 it wasn't Bombay. It was supposed to be uh, AB3, I think. Okay, but, originally. But yeah, but then Bombay showed up. <laughs> so when it was AB3 and uh, Saviera, they were just saying, "Oh, it's just one move," and then. He dies. Right, right. So, okay, fine, fine. All right, all right. But then Bombay showed up and nobody told me what he would be doing. Okay. Tapos he started beating up Dax, uh, started taking out fluid. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The alcohol, the alcohol. The alcohol. The alcohol. And then a lighter <laughs> started lighting his arm on fire and chopping in, chopped Dax in front of me. And nobody told me about it. So, uh, 
Parang, I, I, I didn't know, parang, uh, since this was my first match, I was like, is that a foreign object? <laughs> it's an element. <laughs> is it an object? Parang, may moment ako na nag- Is fire illegal? Uh, oh, and the lawyer in you just came out because you had to ask that type of question, right? So Yeah, but the average referee would not ask that question. Yeah, so parang, what I did was, I kind of marked out, but then in the context of a referee, because I think any referee naman, na makita ng spot ganyan, would be, you know, would be rattled. Yeah. So, yun. Pero, like, absolutely losing it and then, ano, like, oh, yeah. uh, out of character kind of referee. Ah, wala pa naman, thankfully. And, you know, it's unlikely to happen again unless you come back as a special referee. Yes. <laughs> now, you know, since you debuted and all, you have a character now that's pretty much gotten over. So, let, let's talk about that character. Kasi, right. uh, w- when you first came out, you were supposed to be this brash heel who just ran his mouth a lot. And in the span of three, four months, you've gotten over to become one of the, me- the more popular baby faces on the PWR roster. So, so, let's... Quote-unquote baby face. So, let's do a deep dive into the Triandelatore character. Where does that come from? And how did you put that all together? All right, uh, a little background though. Because um, in boot camp we have promo class. That's where you introduce your character. Uh, I think we were given we were given two weeks. I think. Uh, I think I was the last guy to submit my promo because I really had a hard time coming up with a character. Uh, because yun, yeah, I, I didn't really expect to make it this far. So, so parang yung character was so far off in my mind at that point. But then when I started. Thinking about characters, major lame yung naisip ko, admittedly. Like, so, like, what, what did you think of? Yeah, so since I'm a lawyer, <laughs> I was a lawyer, so yung una una, still are. Yeah, naisip ko parang una, parang it's like a natural libre gimmick, pero instead of being a priest, he's a lawyer. So, parang matatalo siya sa matches because biglang may deadline sa kailangan niyang magpasa ng ano, pleading, ganyan. Or alternatively, naisip ko rin, since the Yolo twins always brag about their father, who I have met, and he is an actual lawyer. <laughs> Uh, I thought about being their their you know, their dad's uh, associate. Okay. Who uh, who is you know, who was assigned by Attorney Olores to to accompany them to make bantay you know, to make bantay yeah, yeah basically the legal guard to get no to get no. to get bossed around oh. right? so eventually eventually uh, ako and then he's so all turn inside. yeah exactly exactly but then again parang it was kind of weak. Admittedly, those gimmicks were weak. But then, you know, I had to look inside, deep inside. So, uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, I do stand-up comedy. Though, not as much anymore. But I'm like, sobrang injured list of comedy Manila. Question. Yeah. So, you're, you're not, you don't do the open mics either. Uh, I, uh, I blame my legal career. <laughs> because it's really hard to commit to go to open mics. Especially when I started working. Oh. If you say na you'll go to open mics... Biglang, you have a hearing the next day or your boss tells you to finish Stay this and, or send this to me by this time. But it's hard to commit. Even if matapos mo siya, parang there's always a looming specter of a case on your head. Right. So emotionally, ang hirap niyang isabay. You're, it's kind of like having homework on steroids. Exactly, exactly. So, hassle na hassle ka, tapos magpapatawa ka pa. So, parang, uh, hindi na no. muna. Yeah. Cognitive dissonance. Plus, of course, uh, we have hearings. Hearings are usually in the morning. So open mics are in the evening. So and they usually go pretty late. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And di ka naman nakahiya naman if you always in ah, di ba ang una? Yeah. So forever una at uwi ka rin naga, di ba? Sobrang sama mo naman. It, it's uh, kind of like when you're at a show, at a wrestling show and you're a wrestler and you want to be first para makalis ka na agad. Yeah, Which yeah. Which actually sends a negative message to everyone in the locker room. Exactly, exactly. Parang why is your time more important than ours? So, yeah. So I had to 
because I used to do stand-up comedy, so uh, I remember na when I was still active, most of my jokes were about my height. Obviously, uh, I am a very short guy. So what's uh, your shoot height? Just for everyone who's curious. My shoot height is five one. Okay. I am built at five flat. All right. So I'm the only that's wrestler that's who that's has that. built himself shorter than his actual height. <laughs> <laughs> but there is some solace it, known it, it that does, you're not yeah. that you're not part of the BFF club. What's BFF club? The below five feet club. Ah, uh, no, no. Yeah. It would have been know, funnier if I were, but, but in the end. Right. So okay. So so you're you're legit five one. Yeah, sorry, is curious. I'm legit 5'1", guys. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that, and, and yeah, uh, this is all real here. Um, so you always ma- used to make jokes about your height. And from there, yeah. how, di- how did you bring that into the promo class? Yeah, because uh, it came naturally. Plus, I'm a big fan of Tyrion Lannister, Game of Thrones. So Next week? Pretty much. That, that's what my character is, actually. Parang, it's pretty much a Tyrion Lannister with an inch. Like, parang, yeah, he's short, but he's weaponizing... His lack Everything. of Everything. Everything, my God. Parang it's like a uh, Tyrion Lannister with a dash of onting Wolverine. Ah, no, no, no. Plus, it's uh, a poor Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, budget Tyrion budget Lannister. Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> plus, uh, it, with a sprinkle of Kevin Owens when he started invading Raw oh, as yeah. NXT champion. Just really dumb it down. Right, right. <laughs> and less skilled Kevin Owens. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when you... Talk about someone who's an underdog. Cetarian Lannister is an underdog essentially because he's he's short. Uh, he plays from the sorry, I don't know my Game of Thrones, but I know that he's an underdog character. He's correct uh, me if he I'm needs wrong. To, um, how do you say this? He manip- he games the system to make things work for, for him. him. And uh, he was also a heel. He was also he's also started out as a yeah, heel, and yeah. then somewhere along the way he figures out. Oh, nga, no. And he employs taller people. He right. also does. To do his dirty work for him. Which is basically uh-huh. what you're doing with Brad Cabos. <laughs> so, okay. So, let, let's take that dynamic and then uh, and, and, and um, let's dissect how you came about as a heel first. Because normally when you're, when you're a short mm. guy, and especially here in the Philippines, we're genetically not predisposed to excel in a sport like wrestling or basketball, <laughs> right? Let's call it spade a spade. Genetics is really hey, but, against us hey, in those but, two sports. No, but we're making wrestling work. That's the thing. Yes, but think about us compared to the John Cena's oh, and the yeah. Randy Orton's okay, of the yeah, world. Yeah. In that context, yes. Tayo. In that context, So yes. when you see someone like Trian De La Torre, you're supposed to root for the guy because here's a guy who's genetically not superior, but he's really trying to make it work. So how are you supposed to be a heel? Uh, well, I know the disposi- general disposition was for me to get cheered. That's why during training, siguro if I, before graduating, kung nakasampu akong practice matches, seven dun was me working as heel. Because I really didn't want to be faced. Because it's it's what what people expect, right? So typical na underdog face. But what I was trying to go for was an underdog heel. And and it, it okay to be honest, as a guy who uh, who saw those matches, it was make my conflict no one. But Trian made it work to the point that you're just like ah, I see what you're doing, right? And and then when we got it, we were like. Okay, this has a chance. 
Thank you, Camus. I give you five stars for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, just as just yeah. somebody who's who's been Thank along you. for most of the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's seen most, especially the the first few matches when I was really shitty. I, I still am, but Aww. so no. But the the thing is, I really tried to make it work. So, like, what uh, would you do? Deal. I say, like, when you when you debuted against Chris, it was of course easier because you're facing a girl. Yeah. Right? So Oof. no, not really. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> was it not Ooh. easier in the sense that you know when you hit a woman? That instantly makes you an asshole. Ah, well, in mm, that sense. Yeah, in that sense, yeah. Parang when people saw my photos beating Crystal up, like after the show, parang, parang ginagawa mo, hindi ka pa man nakukulong. Hindi ba dinadamay? But I think the problem there is as much as that was a heel move to do to fight a woman, the thing is, they made me cut a promo before that. Right. And I think they, they sympathized with what yeah. I said yes. during the promo. As I was backstage and I heard it. I heard their reaction. As petty as it was for some reason. <laughs> it latched onto it. But I was trying to sound like a really annoying, entitled guy. Whiner, basically. Yeah, whiner. But then they started cheering for me. No, because they, what they saw was, what they really saw, and myself included, was not, mm. he makes sense. Eh? It's always the little guys. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always the little guys. So he earns... He's earned his one shot with the open challenge. Yeah, that yeah, I think yeah, parang as much as nanigate din yung ano yung going up against Crystal with the story. Yeah. <laughs> but what were the things you would do, say, at boot camp in the practice matches, just to try to get that heel heat? Uh, would it be like the traditional dirty tactics, I was more or is there something that yeah. must suit its character? I was more of the uh, annoying heel who never stops talking. So my my moves are more annoying than harmful. Okay. So I just keep doing them. And yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, when you look at my moves, it, parang ambabanan tawid sa mga mga moves. Okay, but it gets it it worked for you. Uh, well, that's that's what we can. That's say. why I am now faceish. Faceish. Uh, as Joey Bax uh, would like would put it, magaspang na face. Okay. So, so, okay, this is where the character stands out. Right. Trian de la Torre is a baby face. Uh, you go up against the apocalypse and people yes. obviously cheer for you. Where does Camus come in? And Because c- oh uh, people yeah. have been uh, <laughs> have been acquainted oh with Camus boy. in the wrestling community since 2014. Yeah. Give me more tea. Yeah. When he tried to write himself into PWR. I was there. Canon. I was there. Yeah, you were there for that show. <laughs> so, th- th- uh, it became a running joke that Camus tries to write himself into mm. PWR canon and comes off as the most annoying thing in Philippine wrestling. And, you know... <laughs> at the time. At and, the time. And this is before at certain announcers came into play. Right? So, okay. So, let, let, let's... Uh, let, let's take that into context. And now, Camus is trying to be low-key. He's the head of the young boys at the shows. He's the guy who he's takes the brunt... young man. Yeah, he's the young man who takes the brunt <laughs> of the punishment when people do these moves outside the ring. So, when did the idea to involve Camus and incorporate right. him into your yeah. gimmick come yes. to be? You, All right. you, you tell the story, I have my part yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, Camus and I kind of knew each other even before bootcamp. Yeah. Um, From actually, the music scene. Yeah, yes. yeah. Na parang, I think I booked Oemons once or twice. But I didn't know that it was you. Yeah, no one, no one really does. Para, uh, there was this. Uh, no one cares. There was this gig for BWR at Root uh, 2016. Ah, uh, this was Yeslemania, one of the yes. yeah, fundraisers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was there, I was, uh, I was outside and I saw Camus. Parang, I remembered him from the shows. Well, hey, hey, you're Camus, right? Yung, yung mga katipunan, magnet katipunan mm, shows pa yeah. 
Tapos I introduced myself. Tapos sabi niya, I know you! <laughs> I know you! <laughs> Tapos he started say, like, saying the names of bands na kilala namin parehos. Parang, ah, yeah, yeah. So that's how we technically know each other. So I knew him before bootcamp. Then after a few months, I entered bootcamp. He was there uh, as one of the more senior bootcampers. And then Camus was, ano, uh, even, I think, was it before I came up with the Triandelatore gimmick or after? Yeah, that was, or shortly after? That was before, he he came up to me and said na hey you know maybe the two of us can do like an Enzo and Big Casting. Na parang pinag-usapan pinag-usapan yeah. lang namin na parang down the road this might be fun. Just as yeah. just as a something yeah. kasi at that point wala pa masyado yung mga tag team. There wala wala talaga. Wala. There were no tag teams. It was just FRH and the Yolo Twins. Yeah, tapos uh the Punk Dolls pa start pa lang, pa start pa lang. Uh, start pa lang. And parang they were that was going into their first yeah, thing. And yeah, Delirium who would just show up at the pre-shows. And who don't uh I love the guys but they don't seem to want to team up. We'll do that in a future yeah. podcast. So uh yeah, so Camus brought that up, but it, at back of my head parang yeah, that would be us but I'm I'm far from that ano eh, from that uh, point of debuting so put it in the back burner tapos uh, well to Camus' credit actually he kind of he really helped me out then nung bootcamp he suggested doing drop toe holds <laughs> okay <laughs> that was his idea <laughs> very smart yeah, yeah. Diba? so yeah so problema problema Camus kind of disappeared for a bit yep yep that's, from trainings that's work yeah so because uh, I mean for those of you who do, don't who do know. no no who do know me and what I do, it's he like, works for slave drivers basically. Yes, basically. And then and di pa nakatakas. <laughs> but ayan, we no, have no. been telling him to quit his job. Oh, I don't do our credit. credit. It's about you, Ramos. We've been okay. doing no, this for a year. Just, no. We've been doing this for a year. Hey, Seriously. I have I, mm. I have I have the next few Sundays off. I, Shut up, Camus. I quit my job, so I mean I've been a, I've been a bum for four months. <laughs> Stop making excuses, Camus, and shut up. And, and, and you got so over in those past four months. Yeah, yeah. Because I think if I had the day job no, these past four months, I wouldn't have given as much effort as I did. Because I don't think I would have gotten as quote-unquote over as I am right now. So, okay. Let, yeah, let's, sorry, let's, uh, let's bring it back to Camus. Yeah, to Camus. <laughs> All right, I can't believe we're actually doing this on the podcast. But yeah. <laughs> I, 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 no, 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 because like this was the one thing. This was the one thing that I was like, guys, let's try and avoid this. But no, let's fucking do it. So okay, we're here. We're here at this yeah, point yeah. now. So yeah. okay, so Camus has been helping you out yeah. behind the scenes, diba? Right? And uh, where does the idea come in? That you All know right. what? He's gonna be part of my gimmick now. Yeah. Okay, wait. This is where. Let me say my piece. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, 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 I remember this very clearly. See, now, see, um. It was the first match against Crystal. Yeah. Against Crystal. Now, pinag-usapan namin na he knew that he was he was going to be staring at the lights at the end of the match. He told me, "Camus, you know to be really funny. <laughs> I'm going to roll out of the ring and then you carry me out." And then we actually practiced it once. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we got to practice yung yung buhat na yan with at the, the performance center. No, no, not the, the performance center. No, no, no. At Bayanihan. Oh, okay. At Bayanihan, na parang when I saw the belt, I'm just like, oh, that's it. Because yeah, okay, diba, as as young boys, sometimes you'll notice that we grab people's mer- gear or merch, na from from the post na after. Mm-hmm. Usually binibigay yan, but Trian specifically said, don't move the belt. And I was like, what belt? It's a freaking watch! <laughs> hey, respect then, the title! No, and then, and then I realized, oh! Na parang, kasi, di ko na alam, na parang I thought it was gonna be a toy belt. 
na ilalabas. Yun pala, nung ano, nung, 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 promo, and then you bring out the watch, and I'm just like, belt. It's a belt. <laughs> That's the belt. Right. I lost it. <laughs> so, ayan, you can, na, yeah, no. from my end, from my end. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to buy one of those motorized uh, little cars for children. <laughs> like in like the one that King Maxell used for yeah, yeah, yeah. final deletion. So right. I, I apocalypto. Anyway, eh, tama ba? Apocalypto. 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 Yeah, yeah. So, but I think it's either I got lazy or unemployment <laughs> caught up with me, and I realized it wasn't worth it. Plus, yun yah. I, re- I remembered he camos carries people all the time, <laughs> and he's really big. Tapos yun yah, makatipid ako. So. <laughs> Kamos, pasok ka, papasok ka pa sa linggo. <laughs> I like the fact that you're a lawyer. Makatipid ako. Like, you're actually putting this together because people have the assumption that, oh, he's a lawyer, probably makes good bank. Well, at that point, I, I was already out of a job. Because uh, I've been out of a job for four months. So, guys, <laughs> if you need a former lawyer who doesn't want to do lawyerly shit. <laughs> if, you, if, you need, if you need basic consultancy. Or... Notario. <laughs> Notario. Sa ilalim ng tulay. I can do that. I gotcha. Alright, so okay, so that that's where the idea comes in, no? Um, and and from the moment that Camus carries you out, the picture becomes viral, and it's also a testament to your social media game. And I, I said this right before we started recording. Now, you pretty much got the best social media game in PWR. Full stop. The high bros are keeping in though, and they should be stopped like <laughs> Actually, the thing. Actually, you know, you know, those kakai bros, like like shoot, my god, their social media game is great but it is so hard to understand yeah, that, I appreciate it but why that's why they need admins to help them out <laughs> so okay so um, the social media thing did yeah. you ever do any uh, formal social media work or is it just really the understanding that if I put out something funny people will like it actually uh, form, formally well, uh, but since I'm in a band so I've had practice with my band's yeah. page so I just post whatever. But the nuances pretty much like uh, perfected. You know, perfected. But like improved the uh, uh, posting habits or whatever. The style. The style. The style. Yeah. The, the style with the triangulatory page. Because makita mo naman, especially kung ano yung Like the grab Ramos thing. Like we wrote that for what? A good three months. Three months? <laughs> <laughs> like those photos. But parang siya sabi, Ramos ha? I post that. Okay, good. Just do whatever. <laughs> like, like, why? Why don't you have your own page? I, I, I don't. Because he hasn't been called up. What happened? The re- Poch, Poch, Poch came out with his own page. Poch because is actually Poch was, an announcer. Like, yeah, he's actually there. active. <laughs> it can't be. It can't be Camus the young boy dash PWR. Ah, okay, all right, all right, all right. So okay. Um, now, now we're like what heading towards your fifth show as a part of the main roster. Is there yeah. anything different with the way that you portray your character compared to when you debuted last March? Because mm. yeah, the alignment has kind of changed, but and the core of the character is still the same. But are there things that changed in those five months? Even though it's such a short amount of time, it's only five shows. Uh, well, first off, alignment shift has shifted, yeah. which is a kinda, big deal. A big deal. A big deal, especially in first match uh, after the turn. Quote unquote. But in my heart, I am still a heel. So <laughs> uh, I'm still a bad guy. Just cheer for me. Anyway, so aside from yung, ano, yung alignment, which is very drastic, uh, I think I somehow learned to relax. Since uh, there's a, there are nuances, uh, you need to working as face and working as heel. 
when you're working as heel, you're well during the heat, mm-hmm. you're more in control. Yeah. So uh, when I was a heel, mezzo ano other control freak. Other like I would I would tell the face now. Oh, I think spots because heat. <laughs> That's how I wa- how I was because the spots uh, I used to do when I was a heel weren't the spots some of the ling like magagawa nyo without coordinating. Like all those pingot sa tenga and rake the nostri- nostrils thing, you have to kind of ask them first. Parang said, okay, if I put my fingers up your nose, diba? So, yun, when I was a heel, I was like that. But then, now that I'm working face, parang, uh, obviously, I have to uh, cede control to the heel. And learn how to take the punishment. And learn how to take the punishment. And then just find ways na lang to diba, have a good comeback and um, finish. And interesting, you know? and interesting things in between. Interesting things in between, yeah. Which, like we, the pendong piece with Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the stupidest move in PWR right now. <laughs> oh my God. You, uh, we, we've referenced the fact that you're very active in other communities. Like, uh, you're yeah. a musician with the Oymons, you are a lawyer, you are a stand-up comedian. Do, do people at PWR shows recognize you from these other places? Or from these other communities? Yeah, actually... First day ko at boot camp, aside from Red, obviously, who's known me for 10 years, uh, most of the trainers, some of the trainers actually knew me. Uh, oh, well, I, uh, I found out, uh, has seen Oymon's shows uh, before boot camp. So, yeah. doon na realize na, ah, wow, kahit paano pala nagka, may nakikinig dun sa shitty band ko sa kabila. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, don't say I, that. No, no, no. I do want to talk about your band for a second. Because yeah. you play a very unconventional instrument, the trombone. Yeah. And you were playing the trombone long time before yes. Xavier Woods. Yes. Let's just get that out there. Nanguna siya. Yeah, galito ko Xavier Woods nanguna eh. Kasi he stole my thunder. As in, yung talagang game ko yung isip ko, ah, gitaring iba. Ako, trombone. Pero, well, Xavier has a trombone and the sex scandal, so... Sex scandal na Sex scandal na lang ulang ko. So, um, the OEMs has been active for quite some time. You guys are on Spotify. Ten yeah, years. which shows how low their standards are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys no, have no. the blue check mark. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we do. Okay, <laughs> but the thing is, if you went to an OEMs show in 2010, 2009, yeah. when the first time I heard Mr. King Kebab, yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? I was, I was probably drunk out of my mind, but that is still, to this day, my favorite OEMs song. Wow, thank you. Uh, I thought... Bukake. No, 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 no. Bukake, bukake is too short, eh. That's a point. <laughs> <laughs> What's the gimmick of the Oymons? Uh, gimmick of the Oymons? Uh, they're a punk ska band who, uh, parang, I guess, Shane Stone calls Steve Austin ng indie. Parang oh, oh, actually, because, how many, there aren't, we're just flipping birds at everyone. Oh. That, uh, you're masturbating with your trombone yeah, half yeah. the time. I, I remember this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Sorry, I've, I've seen it for like almost 10 years so if now. If you guys go to the Bukake X3 Trian's final blow on July oh, oh, plug, plug 21. Away. I was going to say, say <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. go, by all means. July 21, most bar. Most bar. 8 p.m.? Wait, Nine. Nine. Yeah. Okay. May tarp ba na parang bros? I, I think magkakaroon kasi it will be the first ever advanced birthday slash despedida slash lamay party. <laughs> so, uh, Evan Carlo will be hosting. Yeah, my good friend, Evan Carlo. Uh, Jake hey, Leon JDL has a... will be getting people drunk. Again. Again. do not tell the kakaibros about the show at all. Please. Please don't. Please don't. Camus will be there because... I how, will be there. How the hell will I get there if ano, if Camus will not, bring me? Right. Na? So um, let, let's bring it back to to Trian and your wrestling career. Right. Yes. Um, what's the reaction been from 
people say in your band, at the law firm, at uh, oh, okay. uh, Comedy Manila. We can probably go one by one right. if you want. Uh, Comedy Manila is a uh, red did it first, so right. it wasn't that much of a shock. And you know, I see them at shows like GB Labrador. It's always there. Frequent, uh, yeah. frequent uh, Ra- yes. audience yeah, member. Yeah, in Ryan Rims. So, parang it's it was parang it was natural na kasi red paved the way. Yeah. So, parang yeah, yeah. It's something that a comedian can do. Okay. Pero yun nga, uh, as, as what you guys said during your last podcast, uh, yung mga taga-comedy Manila, wag na kayong mag-bootcamp kasi patay kayo ay apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, that's, that's actually, I only realized that now, no? Diba? Oh. Actually, hindi siya galit sa love, eh. Kaya red nun, galit siya sa humor. Kasi, <laughs> yeah, oh, comedy. sa comedy, guys. <laughs> yeah, tapos in my well, office, well, I quit my job, eh, before I started uh, before I debuted eh. but if, if, oh. if say you were still at your firm would it have been an issue with the people at the firm? no no, it wouldn't pero sobrang ano niya eh, parang out of left field ba? Talaga, you do that ganyan. kasi even pe- even my peers like uh, people na I went to law school with yeah. they found out about it parang what the hell are you doing? in a good way parang wow <laughs> parang I didn't even know there was wrestling yeah. kasi these are loyalty types na oh. a good number of them that's like, all they do that's all they do diba? and Parang sobrang ano niya eh, sobrang parang talaga one of us can actually do that. But then again, uh, if you're in law school, uh, don't do what I did. So, sayang yung tuition fee. Yeah. Sayang mga years. Yeah, and uh, my bandmates, uh well, well Ino likes it. Yeah, kasi in the Oymons, I'm I've been inserting so many wrestling references throughout the years. Like we we have lyrics that reference great the great Kali's dick. Uh <laughs> If you pay yeah. attention to yeah. the lyrics, it Kali's dick, uh, new oh, age outlaws. Oh. Yeah. So oh, you're the primary songwriter. Yeah, and the vocalist, which means my barrier standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I play the trombone, uh, vocals, and primary primarily write the lyrics. So I don't have any other skills. Like I can't really play anything else. So what what else were you asking? Yeah, in, in reactions like um, I, I'm sure the guys at your frat were like, oh wow, this yeah yeah, my kick fr- ass. The brothers have been go- have been going to shows. Oh, I'm living just about every everybody's every dream. every male guy's dream. You're, you're, you're in a yeah. punk ska band and you're wrestling and jobless. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I guess you can uh, take that last gloss that over. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for, for uh, last, uh, you didn't ask, but I'll just mention my family. Oh, yeah, yeah, family, oh, yeah. the family. Yeah, these are the people who paid for your law school education, and now their son is rolling around in a ring. Yeah, about to have a small out war. What's the reaction <laughs> been? Yeah, my my, my sister, because uh, when I started watching, uh, I brought her along with her. So she's really been a fan for a long time. So my brother has also been watching every now and then, but my parents, uh, especially my mom, no parang we couldn't even drag her to my first match, because she was scared I would. Die? I would die, yeah, or that something would happen. Between, the one with Crystal, mutual. the one with Crystal, and then uh, if ever manonood sila, but I think my mom has seen a total of two shows. My first match, and then on Father's Day. Okay. And then right after, umalis din siya. <laughs> hindi ko alam kung hindi na kaya or whatever. Pero I understand. Uh, that's your investment getting beaten up in the ring. <laughs> that's, you made that. Uh, you made that. <laughs> And I think she's uh, very relieved that uh, I chose a different last name uh, as my ring uh, name. Uh, why? Because of the born again thing? No, no, not not Nina Pero like with the things I do in the ring, <laughs> like, would you want that to be related to you? Okay. 
Especially when I was a heel, so, right, right. So, wala naman, hindi naman siya very negative reaction na parang, don't do that again. Ah, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. It's more of, it's more of, yeah, you can do that, I support you, but Please it's really don't. hard for me to watch. <laughs> it's like, I think it's like uh, uh, Aling Janisha Mari Pacquiao thing. Yeah. Na she'll show up, but magro-rosario ng todo. <laughs> Kukulamin niya yung kalaban mo. So, <laughs> she doesn't know it's a word. So, it's better... It's better off na mommy, so bye kana. YouTube. She knows it's a work and yeah, my mom, my parents, uh, I don't know if you guys remember but nagtanong kayo before sa sa Mark Henry. Uh, yeah. When was Cafe broken for you? And right. I, I said there that my parents have been busting wrestling's balls <laughs> ever since, ever since uh, I ever became since. conscious yeah, ever since. Ever since. Being conscious like they would tell me, "Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, that other guy is helping that other guy climb." Okay, <laughs> So, it's all she's always known as a work. Pero syempre, the risks are real, eh. So, mm-hmm. but the religion thing, because you mentioned at the top of the podcast or this interview rather, na uh, you know you're very devout, born again Christian family. Yeah. So that was never really used against your wrestling career. Not anymore. Be- no, not really, because uh, again, my my parents let me do my thing. Because yeah, I'm with the Oymons. I mean, and you're a man of science. I'm, and I'm a man of science. Uh, I, you're a jurist doctor. No, uh, I'm no, no, an no. atheist. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And. Parang I came out na even before I started training for wrestling. So parang hindi na siya issue. Like my parents know better than to and to their credit they don't they don't naman talaga like the Oymons. They hindi malaki pinapa-exercise yeah. after they heard my album. So, diba? Okay lang. Okay lang. Stands lang. I like that they actually went all the way to listen to the album, you know, knowing that there's a song called Bukake and all that. Your parents listen to the album. My my dad has a copy, so <laughs> I'm sure. Tapos there's one time my dad my dad messaged me. Oh, kamusta? Kamusta na? Bukake. Kasi tinag niya. Hindi niya natalang. Paano naman? Awkward. Did you explain? No. Alam mo, yung gulong na, Pops, Google mo. And my mom has never seen me perform. My dad has. And he's amused by it. But you can get away with doing all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pero I think, I think my mom gets more offended with the atheist jokes more than the songs, than the sexually charged songs. Not just charged, eh. I'm glad though yeah. that supercharged. Super I'm glad that you didn't uh, try to explain bukake by saying, "Oh, it's actually kind of udon. It's very cold." <laughs> no, okay, na yun. okay, na yun. parang all right. Parang sana na screen cap ko. That's something na parang you can look. Anapin mo, anapin mo sa phone mo. Bakal jan pa. Yeah, it's been like half a year. No, so, <laughs> so okay, uh, you have an, uh, a small out war coming up against the apocalypse. It's happening uh, two Sundays from now. Yes, at sir. Bakbakan sa bayanihan. How is it? How's it been like? Because uh, I think this is one of the apocalypse's longer feuds, right? Now, one that's been going on for three straight shows, three straight shows, three straight months, basically, right? Uh, how, how's it been like working with him? Uh, yeah, the apocalypse is one of the uh, OGs uh, of PWR, and uh, he has a very serious character. But that's why uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, he lets me do the spots that I've been doing. Like the the pendong, uh, yung habulan sa labas ng ring, and right. everything. It's a uh, kudos to the guy. Parang I really appreciate na he. Parang he could have just said that no, we're not doing that. I'm just pinning you. Pero pero he did. So I'm really excited about the small out war. Kasi like right now, what we're doing is we're talking about weapons to use, which weapons we'll be using. Obviously, yeah, because uh, um the, the previous all out war ma- matches, most recently, uh, fighters for hire and deadly sins, but they had. 
bowling ball, they had Legos, yeah, and thumbtacks, thumb and a guitar, right? So I'm sure you guys are coming up with ways to top that. Yeah, but uh, I'm working on a smaller budget. Because I'm an Literal. Yeah, and literal. Uh, literal oh, because, you know, uh, the Midget Federation made me cough up money to get the new belt made. So Because it got destroyed. Yeah, because it got destroyed because of the apocalypse. So I don't have for weapons. <laughs> so actually, in sa, sa show sa 21, uh, we are accepting abuloys and donations in the form of weapons. Ah, so genuine donations. Wala na sa show mismo. Doon na lang kasi. <laughs> <laughs> Sakit na ulo yan. <laughs> Sakit na ulo yung weapons during the shows. Yeah, diba? kasi you have to film that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You have to make sure no one brings like some cyanide or something. Yeah, we, we, we had a discussion about that. Yes, diba? yes, we did. A very long discussion about <laughs> bringing weapons. I don't know. And, and you being a lawyer, you'd have to know, you know, like what's actually weds and what's not. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get in trouble, especially at this point now, we're really taking off. You don't want to get crippled by a, a lawsuit from a fan. <laughs> so, okay. Um, last couple of questions here as we wind down. How far do you see this character going? Like, is this a character, Triandelatore, that you see as having a ceiling or is the potential something that <laughs> you really can uh, can go, go places? Uh, well, not to get too ahead of myself. Uh, see, what I've been wrestling for what four months. Right, right. So right now, I think uh, I think it's still fresh, and I can keep it going for as long as the fans want to cheer me on. Pero as far as yung this kind of character having uh, having a longer lifespan, uh, just just point to uh, Redrick Mahaba. It's pretty much a comedy character when he started out. That was now yes. So much depth and layers. He's pretty much a drama character at this point. Uh, something you wouldn't have imagined when he first debuted what, two years ago. Yeah, two years, two years ago. Almost two years ago. So I mean, in wrestling, it's I mean, it's uh, your ceiling is your anyway, your creativity, your, your imagination, your imagination, man. Yeah, imagine the kakai bros. So malay mo someday they'll learn how to spell. <laughs> Come on, guys. Oh <laughs> Hope springs eternal. So yeah, I'm pretty high on it. But though uh, I'm, I have no delusions. I am. I mean, I'm a very old rookie. I am. Can I you say? Don't, you don't go, have to discuss. It's, yeah, yeah. no, it's up to you. Uh, but uh, I am in. I am gonna turn thirty-one. So yeah, I, so I debuted when I was thirty. So that's major DDP. Level. No, DDP debuted at thirty-eight, dude. Yeah, but in the Philippines, so far, in the Philippines relative, thirty is. Uh, I mean, when first day was a boot camp, when all the trainers started telling me their age. Parang nagulat ako na ano eh. They, they were like, parang pinakabata na yata, parang five years younger than me. Oh, right. Yung okay. pinakamatanda. Yeah, Except yeah, for yeah. Canto Terror. Kasi Canto Terror is... Canto Terror. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like one of the few guys yeah, na malamang maunang mag-retire. <laughs> well, you don't, you know, uh, I don't want to think about that. God. Yeah, yeah, but yun, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a reality. It's a, it's a, it's reality. a scenario na it's very interesting na you're older, pero you just debuted. Oh. Way older. Alright, so um, um, I, I guess this brings us to the end of the interview. And if you want to check out a lot of the material that Triandelatore posts on both his PWR profile and everything else outside of that, where can our listeners find you? Uh, well, my band has the Facebook page, the OEMONS. That's the, that's O E M O N S. So it's pretty much the same for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we're on Spotify. Uh, we have an album out. It's Sex Kebab Rock and Roll. Well, pretty self-explanatory kung mga songs. So aside from that, 
Yeah, it's the 3N Delatoria thing. 3N Delatoria dash PWR. Dash, yeah, dash PWR and Instagram 3N underscore Dela underscore Tori. It's a lot of underscoring. It's pretty meta. And uh, yeah, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, plus uh, we will also uh, be shooting another episode of The Carlo Show. Stick around for that, yeah. With Evan Carlo. So, and unfortunately, your, your upcoming guest yeah, is... The Kakai Bros. Why? So please, uh, do not enable them. Do not like... The, the video when Evan Carlo uploads it please <laughs> do, do not negotiate with terrorists <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much Trien de la Torre it's been a blast man thank really appreciate you coming over thanks again to Trien de la Torre really fun interview right there and I've been wanting to have him on the podcast for quite some time oh, really yeah. unfortunate now Ro wasn't here to have that interview but I mean Ro, Ro, Ro misses out on something sometimes but then I miss is, out on something sometimes you miss out on something I miss out on some, I used to miss out on something sometimes oh yeah definitely but then Trian, now that we record at your place you yeah, not, yeah I can but then Trian's Trian's a great friend of of mine personally and I love the guy and I'm so happy for his success. Yeah, so we, I can't wait for the small out war at Pakbakan Sabayanihan again. July 23, if you still haven't gotten your tickets yet, that's okay because you can still contact people like Camus, myself, even Trian De La Torre. Just message us on Facebook or on Twitter and we'll really assure you that we can get those discounted tickets as long as you get those requests in before July 22. And if you can't get the, if you want to get them at other places, there are places like the Appraisery, Kramer Toy Warden, um, Wingman, Wingman in the B side, the collective, the collective. So those yeah. are just some of the places where you can get your tickets for Bakbakan Sabayanihan. Anyway, we've come to the part of the show where we tell you our must-watch matches of the week. We call them our picks of the week. But before we get to our official picks. We gotta talk about NXT really quickly because while we haven't seen the full episode as of recording, we have seen the first half, and that includes the debut of one Bobby Fish. Holy shit. Okay, because Bobby Fish is not just one of those names that gets thrown around. He is former ROH former ROH TV title holder. Former ROH tag team champion. Former IWGP junior heavyweight tag champion. And he did this with another man who debuted today in NXT as well against the same guy that he debuts on TV against today. And that is his partner, Kyle O'Reilly. Both of them going up against Aleister Black. Yeah. Uh, So, of course, Kyle O'Reilly is someone that our friend, beautiful Billy Suede, has known from his wrestling career. In ECCW. Yeah. Um, what's Not interesting bad. here is that the Bobby Fish episode coincided with the Kyle O'Reilly debut on taping. Yeah, na parang it was it was one of those. It's a fortuitous thing, but if this is by design, my God, medyo shook tako. I hope that they are they, they find a way to team them together as Red Dragon in WWE, even though at it's probably point. not likely. At some like, point. Yeah, take for example the Kings of Wrestling when they signed uh, Cesaro, Cesaro and Hero. Right, they yeah. weren't signed as a team; they were signed as individuals. And from the looks of how Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly debuted, they were also signed as individuals, as opposed to say the club and, who came in as a duo. Yeah, and just just to say it, and uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly have been doing their own thing for a while now. I'd say almost at least a year, na or almost six months na since Jan, since Jan. Na parang Kyle O'Reilly had his singles run as as uh, ROH ROH world champion and Bobby Fish has been doing a lot of the indie scene and both of them have been doing quite well for themselves 
and to see both of them sign to NXT is a great thing. Yeah, if um, they both end up as a tag team, kung kailan man yan, Bobby Fish has actually confirmed that. Like just yesterday, uh, Triple H confirmed his signing with WWE. My official handshake photo na yan, no? I'm not sure. I haven't seen that, but I know that it's been confirmed. As yes. for Kyle O'Reilly, uh, I- I'm not sure if it's confirmed as of the moment. Because it just happened today. Right, right. So there aren't really a lot of details about that as of recording. Uh, what I can tell you, though, is that the match that Bobby, Bobby Fish had against Aleister Black was really hard-hitting. It was a lot of fun to watch. Fun to watch, man. That, that finish, really black mass on the face of Bobby Fish. But even before that, the, uh, the match was worked pretty well in the sense that I just had a lot of fun watching it. And it, it, it kind of looked like I wasn't into it when, when I was watching it. But, like, you know, I, I did find myself just getting glued at some point and being like, Holy okay, shit, I, I want more of this. No, because it's both of them are such excellent strikers and both of them are such in-ring technicians when it gets down to it. Na, uh, Black, and even when he was Tommy End, could hit you out of nowhere and could hit you with such precision that it's fast, it's fast, and then boom, you're dead. One of the questions I have coming out of this uh, Bobby Fish and um, Alistair Black match is... I wonder if these two guys will eventually step up and take the Austin Aries role on 205 Live. Because well, we haven't talked about this. Yeah, Austin Aries did ask been... for his release. And uh, there are rumors as to why that was. One of them being that his attitude just wasn't good backstage. He wasn't happy. Writers didn't have much for him. And that they didn't like him point blank. So, yep. you know, all, all of these things coming into play. So, um, it, it's, it's kind of sad. It's unfortunate because I enjoyed Aries' work. But oh, yeah. if he's not going to be able to do that, then I, would, I wouldn't I would mind seeing the likes of, of uh, Alistair Black and Bobby Fish step into that role. I think Alistair Black has a higher ceiling than 205 Live. Like in the in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I, I, I also think that he can transcend that uh, the cruiserweight tag in the same way Finn Balor has. Yes. Na parang Tommy N, like when Tommy N signed to NXT, I was like, okay, shit, that's... That's a high ceiling guy. Like I don't mean Kevin Owens high ceiling, but pretty close. Ganon siya kagaling. Right. Na, but Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are two guys who have an even higher ceiling than him. Just putting that into perspective. I just can't wait to see how uh, Kyle O'Reilly debuts and how all of this just pans out moving forward. I really do wish all of these guys the best. And there, I'm excited and, for that. And there's still this one more rumor about this one more ROH guy who might just jump ship. Baby. Baby. So until that happens, I don't know. Because if you if that happens, Kyle O'Reilly has two potential tag team partners in the future. If he decides to go that route. If that happens. If that happens. You anyway. Know, it's a big if, but it's cool. Our picks of the week as we get down to the end of this podcast. I'll start first. Uh, my pick has to be that Iron Man tag team match. First ever in history. Great storytelling. I was just really, really... It was so gripping. I, I was really captivated by that match. And if I could show somebody the beauty of tag team wrestling, that match would probably be up there. It, it, I was, was going to say, over the revival DIY, two out of three falls. It, 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 it wouldn't be in the same <laughs> tier. Right? But this is this is one of those it's one of the more accessible matches though, given that you have a uh, a really established name like the Hardys yes involved in that match. Um, it, it's not uh, it's it's not my favorite, unlike uh, the Shield versus uh, Goldust and Cody from. Battle oh, that Ground. was good. That was good. That's my favorite tag match of all time. Really? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, th- this match probably doesn't come close to that just yet. It's not but in the it's same still tier. Pretty good. Still pretty good though. 
So uh, do yourself a favor and watch that if you haven't yet. And if you catch Raw the next day, look out for that promo that the Hardy Boys cut. Yes, yes. Do look because out for that because they do classify themselves or Jeff asks if they should classify themselves as obsolete. And they're hinting at something that we've been waiting for for a long time. And then Matt Hardy proceeds to get into a match just a day after he gets busted open hard way. Oh, hard way in the worst way. Hard, uh, hard to watch. Hard to watch. And I'm glad it happened late into the match. Uh, my pick of the week has to be Joe, Joe against Brock. And this match, for all intents and purposes, is the best that Joe has been in WWE, in NXT. Because, my God, to have a showing like this against the beast like Brock. Given everything that Brock has done in the past, what, four years? Ang ganda eh. And there are reports that Brock was very happy with the match. Because, you know, it's the first time he's been on his back ever in WWE. Like, with, with the exception of the very quick Goldberg squash. squash. This is the first time that he's really been on his back and had to fight from below. And it's something that you don't, you've, we, we haven't seen since his debut. Diba? He's always been this force And then now Joe takes him down a notch Maganda eh. It's great storytelling It's compelling It makes one of my favorite wrestlers Look like a million bucks And I'm all for it Now if this, if this raises Joe's star To the next level By all means Buti pa si Samojo Got the Brock Lesnar seal of approval eh, Unlike Dean Ambrose Sadly so that's it. That's it for the week. Do we have anything else? No, that, that's about it. Except so, for uh, Bainihan, Bainihan, Bainihan. Yeah, yeah we, we talked about that uh, yeah. earlier. So We've got that out of the way. Yep, it's going to be two Sundays from now. Next week, Ro comes back and we'll ask him if there are any wrestling-related stories that he has from his Hanoi trip. Well, there's actually one, but I'm not sure if it's interesting enough to actually share on the podcast. Aside from that, uh, we actually don't know who we're going to have on yet by next week. So. Actually, actually, I do. Oh, okay. it's my get. Oh, okay. So and well, it's quite. Well, can you say he does have his own show as well? So let's see where that goes. All right, I think I, I get your drift. So on behalf of the absent Romaran, on behalf of Raf Camus, my name is Stancy, and we are out of here. Sit down, be humble, do it. Bintad kasi it's be humble. Sit down, little bitch. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.